That's not that voice. I actually thought it was Voka. Oh, I'm sorry. Two two car, two call has the R on it. Voka is like another verb form. Right. But that would be like voice, wouldn't it? Calling out by voice. That's where we get the word vocal. But are you asking, is that related to call or call Probably. I've never looked it up, frankly. Um, But a lot of Latin words were influenced by Greek words. So I would I would think there's a very strong likelihood. Where would I look that up? Have you ever seen the English dictionaries that have they're like this thick with really really tiny font and lots of dust on them? I mean you actually have to go to a library for these because not many people own one of these. I I actually looked once and it was like three or four hundred dollars and that was decades ago. So as much as I wanted it, I didn't want it that much. But th- those very, very complete dictionaries will frequently do an etymological study for you. Dictionary.com does. I was just going to say dictionary.com oh, does. Uh, dictionary.com, yes and no. Well, because it sends you all these different references. Yeah. We wouldn't buy everything that you did that. Okay. I guess not. But it's yeah. a place to start. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I use dictionary.com. I'm not putting it down. However, it's it's not entirely it's not as reliable as say Webster's or the old English dictionary that's like this big. Um, well, it takes the same level of scholarship. But it takes from all different it does. dictionary yeah. Oxford. Dictionary? Yeah, dictionary yeah. Yeah. takes from all different yeah. resources, random and you just yeah. keep publish Webster's. I I go with the dusty one unless you're <laughs> Uh, or have allergies because I'm allergic to dust. There you go. Okay, <clears throat> that wasn't even the fun part. That was just you know let's just do something while everybody's coming in. So in front of you you have a passage, Matthew seven twenty one and twenty two. Can somebody read that for me? Read it to the first comma. I meant out loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tim, give it a crack. He knew I was going to end up calling on someone. Now, the only thing that I would critique, because again, let's be careful in critiquing when you don't really know how it was pronounced, but you, I think you read the very first word as Omicron Iota. It's Omicron Upsilon. So it wouldn't be Oi. How would you pronounce it? Who? Um, or it could be pronounced Oath. Oh, because remember the 
the modern Greek uh, frequently turns an epsilon that's at the end, or actually at the end of a um, syllable, into an f sound. Or, or a V sound. So all of that, by the way, is speculation again, because that's modern. We don't know what it was then. But the reason is that uh, Omicron Epsilon or Upsilon and Omicron Iota are two separate words. Both are words, don't mean the same thing. So we've got to be careful of which it is. OK. Um, somebody, if you would, read to the next Comma. This should be very easy because you're dealing with a number of words on your word charts already. Should have been reading that. Once again, I was thinking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you were. <laughs> Mark, you want to give it a shot? Seleucetai ice ten basileon tom urano. Yeah, almost there. The the problem we'll frequently run into, I just reading it through as I was waiting for you to, did exactly the same thing in my head. It's very easy to see that breathing mark on a diphthong as an accent mark. Hmm. So in the last word, urnon, you have the um, Omicron Epsilon diphthong, and you have a breathing mark over it, which basically just tells you it's not an H sound. Hmm. And then over the omega is the accent. Why is the accent uh, right, no. an arch instead of a, a slash? Of, yeah, there you go. I, to be honest with you, do not remember. It's okay. another one of those things they teach you in Greek for that you forget as soon as you get out. But there's a number of, uh, of uh, words and there's some rules that if you really are interested, wow. I can go back and review and present to you. Um, but I thought it might just clutter. Does it down. ever do anything else than act as an accent nope. or to show the accent? Nope. Not that. There's other things that do, but not that. Okay? All right. How about the next phrase, uh, which basically finishes it? It's longer, but there's a lot of short words. Teachers going, no, never. <laughs> okay, Katie, you didn't shake your head. The other teacher did, so you want to try it? Not really. 
I'm really bad. I was just telling him when Mark was reading, I was like three words behind. I can't hear it at all. It will be like very butchered. I'm good with that. I mean, it's okay. Like I can't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not gifted at hearing. Okay, let's start speaking. with the first three words. Okay, just remember the knee at the end of that word. Yeah, it's got an N sound at the end. And then when you're reading those kinds, you don't have to do this immediately because, again, this is we're not treating this as a spoken language for the most part because nobody speaks 2,000-year-old Greek, right? Until we get the time machine working. So the, the O there is an article. And the article um, is going to partner with the word after, much like in Spanish. So we don't say Los Angeles, it's Los Angeles. So it's, it's almost run together. So it's Opion. And of course, I'm saying it modern Greek instead of Erasmian. Isn't there a H sound to it? I'm sorry, yeah, it would be Hopion. Al Hopion. So what's the next part? What is to? What? Okay, so I mean, what is it? It's an article. So once again, it's going to go quickly with the next word. So when you're looking at this and trying to figure out how to say it, you, you figure out the longer word, and then you just throw to in front of it. So what's that other word that begins with a theta? Anybody? Okay, Thelma. almost there, but remember where the accent is. Thelma. Thelma. Okay. Or in, in the modern pronunciation, Thelima. Thelima. Actually, Thelima. Because I was pronouncing the second syllable inadvertently. So, Thelima. And by the way, the accents become a little easier when you actually do this because Thelima is. It's almost like to and the are part of the same word. So you're, you're accenting together there instead of going into a kind of a syncopation. All right? So to What's the next? To patros. Say it louder. To patros. To patros. Except it's to patros. Mu. What is mu? You, you who are signaling over there, go ahead and say it. What is moo? And it's not about a cow. Yes. Well, except it, it is it is the first person, but in this case with the ending, it's possessive. So mine or my. So to patru is what? Patros, I'm sorry. What is patros? Father. Father. So you've got two, which agrees with mu. Guess what? Those are together. To patros mu. And the accent is on patros. 
you don't say, in fact, you don't, you'll notice there's not even an accent on the move, because otherwise it'd be Petros move. And that's, it's hard to say. They simply would, if they originally said it that way, would have stopped. So Petros move. My father. Say it in English. My father. What gets emphasized? Father. Father, not mine. Unless you're emphasizing ownership, oh as in, that's my father. <laughs> Last time Donna visited the grandkids in Texas, <clears throat> excuse me, the one from um, California went with her. Or at least one of the two from California went with her. And so she comes in and sees Donna in the van that's picking them up and says, Grandma! And my little five-year-old granddaughter from Texas goes, it's not your grandma. That's my grandma. And then they had to have about a 10-minute discussion in order to get her to ramp down just a little bit. As far as she was concerned, you tried to grab my grandma, you don't get in the van. So that would actually be, the way she was using it, a different word. Can anybody remember, just for fun? They would not necessarily get rid of this. To Patros move is my father. So if we were to literally translate my father as opposed to yours, it would be to say it in the Greek, to Patros move idu, idu, idu. That accent's got to stay up front. Idu. Okay. So literally, it's what's this? The father. The father. Mine. It, we would say that, but that's not literally. It's of me. Of me. Okay. You started to say originally. So what I was doing is couching you around to American. But yeah, it's of me. The father of me. I'm not gonna say that. That just sounds weird in American. The father of me. Mine. Mine. Like the, the seagulls. Hmm. Bang, bang, bang. What would this mean? My own. I, louder? What would what mean? This. My, fa my father, my love. Mine alone. Mine not yours. Mine in a way that is not yours. Mm. Only my father. You know, you, you pick all sorts of ways to say it because we don't have a natural American way of saying that. But when Jesus stood up and said, my father, and they tried to throw him off a cliff, that's why. They all got it. And whenever somebody says, Jesus never claimed God was his father, that he was the son of God, he was deity. Really? Only somebody who only understands American or English would read the New Testament and believe it. There's so many places where he makes various kinds of idiomatic statements that are clearly claims to deity. And that's one of them. He actually says that a few times. Okay, so almost to the end of the sentence. 
Juan Tis Uranis. Juan Tis Uranis. What does that mean? just before it was the. Okay. What do you suppose it is this time? <laughs> I'm sure it's probably still the. All right. There's, well, you at least got a good chance. Oddly enough, that's what it is. Oh, okay. yeah. So we've got the and what is that? In. In. Remember, it's the preposition in. The in disuranis. What is that? What? Heaven. Heaven? I don't know the word for Who is? The culture typically is going to use the article. So let your default be the article until you're proven otherwise. Dis urinis. The heaven. Or heaven. We wouldn't say the heaven necessarily in the translation. We would just say in heaven. But literally, the in the heaven. And then what do you add in Greek in order to make it more meaningful? That's informal English, but not American necessarily. You have to think back roughly 13, 14, 15 minutes. One or ones. The in heaven, or the in the heaven one. My father, the in the heaven one. Now you understand why we have to have translators and why they do it differently. What do you emphasize? How original do you stay? New American Standard is considered to be word for word. It is not even close to word for word. It's not going to say that. That sounds ridiculous in American. Okay. Okay, now, with that said, put the whole thing together. Upa. What does that mean? Ooh, what does that mean? Ignore the people outside. They are not part of the class and they are not giving you the answers. As much as you would like. What? Some that would pronounce it with a silent, a silent S, but actually not many, so I was probably an error there. Pas. Upas. All or every? All every. or every. So, so not, not every, every, not all. Not all what? Who What's call, the next phrase? Who call me Lord? Okay, let's, let's break it down even closer. You're, you're doing okay, but you're jumping. 
calls. Who okay. says? Not calls. Who? Is it a verb or a noun? Oh. What is that whole thing about? Do you see it? Oh, Omicron with a hard breathing mark. What is that? Is that an article? It is an article. What does an article then translate to? What, what does an article translate to? You, you've done it like five times in the last five minutes. The. Yes, we've got shut now. The. 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 Yes. Okay. If you go back and look at that list, which you've not memorized, obviously, which is okay. I told you that. But sometimes you do need to at least go back and start looking at it. Uh, you will find this is one of those articles. And then Lego. If Lego, it means what? Lego. Let's start with that. Speak. 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 But we don't have Lego. We have Lego. Speak. And we've got a the in front of it. So how? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Lay, not Lego. It's Lego. There we go. Ignore that one. That's not there. What part of speech? is a noun that acts like a verb, or a verb that is communicated as a noun. The speak, but it's not speak, because that's awkward. The speak. Speaker. Ah, what'd you say? Speaking. Speaking. We add an ing, we call it a participle. The speaking, and again, yes, Add ones, at least for English, it's, it sounds a bit more accurate. It would be accurate to say the speaking, but the speaking ones just sounds a little better. Now, what's uh, the boy or me? Mm -hmm. Is it of me? What? Is it of me? Nope. There is a sheet I gave you on the third, I believe. Types and use of case. Now it doesn't give you the endings, all of them, all of them but in fact, any of them. Um, but if you look at the one that I gave you with all the noun endings, it's going to tell you the case. But this is the one that tells you what the case means. So what would locative mean? What does locative sound like it means? A location. A location. Place. location. Or time. Or time. Well, that's actually more dated. Usually that would be dated. It could be locative, but it's typically dated. Now, what tips you off that an ending is locative? There is one characteristic that doesn't always mean locative, but when you add context, to that characteristic, it kind of yells at you that's locked. What is it? The word up? No. Actually, up would not be locative. Could be several other cases. East? Mostly out to death, I think. But what? East? 
you're even closer, but you're not there. The iota. Now, a lot of times you're going to see an iota subscript, but when it follows in Omicron, if I've ever seen Omicron with iota subscript, I don't do that, right? No. So you're going to see it Omicron iota with two normal sized letters together. So that iota, and you can use, I usually think of it as in, and in is a place, and place is locative. Um, now that can mislead you very easily, I grant you, but it's helped me over the years. So the I, which, which is the English in, the I is locative, okay? So the speaking ones, to me, you don't have to have anything that says to because it's in the ending. The speaking ones to me, which would come into English as someone saying something to me. And then what are they speaking to him? How do you know they're speaking that to him? What? The ending is what? It's vocative. So once again, you've got two handouts that will help you. You've got one that gives you endings, and then you've got one that explains what that word that gives you the ending is. So if it says VOC, that's vocative. And for first person singular, um, particularly masculine, it's going to be the epsilon. And so Kyrie, 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 talking to Kyrios. So you say Kyrie, Kyrie. What, what does that mean? What does Kyrie mean? Yeah. Look. Lord, master, sir, boss. So it could be sir, sir, it could be master, master. The, the only reason I point that out is that Jesus is telling us that people calling him Lord doesn't mean that they're inheriting the kingdom. In other words, it doesn't make them Christian. Well, part of that might be because they actually call him Lord, but he's not. Part of that might be because Lord to them might not mean what it means to us. What does Lord mean to you? When you hear the word, what does it mean to you? Master God. Master God, which is who? Yeah, we don't think of a whole lot of different people that fit that. We immediately go to the Lord. The, get it? The Lord. That's why we say the Lord. They didn't say that because that's not how they used it. So we don't know if these people he's talking about are people who are recognizing the Lordship of Jesus uh, verbally but denying it in terms of their behavior, or is there people who don't even get who he is? But what he's saying to, the, to us is not everybody who says, sir, master, lord, whatever to me, not everybody what? What's the, what's the next word? Remember to try to break it down when you're able to. So what is this? And you're not going to see it that way if it's just three letters because the sigma is going to look like that instead. So what is that? Ice one. Is what? One. No. 
different uh, accent and breathing mark. So what? No, that's E. See how simple, it's just like English, one letter throws it off. So in, you just have to memorize. Into. Into. Okay, not in, but into. So now we've got a prefix that means into, and then we've got a word that the prefix is in front of that is either elusitai, is that correct? Or elefsete. Either way, it's the same letters. What does it mean? It was on one of your vocab sheets. Does anybody know? I'm not suggesting you have to pour through your vocab sheets every time. Okay, means go into or come into. Not everyone who is calling me Lord, Lord, goes into what? Kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom, okay. Teen, Basileia. But which kingdom? Of heaven. What? Kingdom of heaven. Okay, but in Greek, which kingdom? Hmm. Urano. Are you getting uh, it and just uh, not pronouncing it, uh, or do you not know where it is? Urano. Do you know where it is? Raise your hand. Okay. Urano. So again, you've got this Greek way of saying things. The kingdom, the heaven one. Now you're never going to see that in English because it just sounds awkward. We would, we would then turn it into more of an ablative, the kingdom of heaven. Or would that be genitive? Yes, it would be genitive or ablative. It's one of those two. Okay? Is that making sense? So not everyone who's calling to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom, the one that consists of heaven. Ah was all. First of all, when you see it, what do you notice about the word? What is the uh, accent mark behind the last? Ah, it's not an accent mark. It's an apostrophe, just like we use. Oh. So, and they, because they didn't have punctuation, so guess where they got it? They didn't. We did. We're putting it in our punctuation. So, what does an apostrophe mean in a, in a place like that in a word normally? That something is cut off. Yeah. Instead of D-O-N-O-T, there's D-O-N apostrophe T, which means we took a, a letter out and then we condensed do not, don't. We call it a contraction. But another way to contract is to remove a syllable by simply not putting the vowel in. So instead of a, it's all. And that apostrophe is there just like the apostrophe in don't to tell you that there's a vowel missing. So then you get to use your imagination and think, well, that's nice. Which one? But the cool thing is, if you look at your vocabulary, you'll find that there's an obvious choice. Because there is an Allah. Or an Allah. Okay? So what does it mean? 
but or except, and in this case, except is probably better in English. So not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, except or but, so we're contrasting, not those, but these who are following. Opiolan, what is that? Okay, look up and see if you've seen that ending before. What was that ending? Not, I'm not asking even the word. What did it say? What did it make it as a part of speech? It's a participle. So now you're, you know you're looking at a participle, which is because you've got O, which is the, so you know it's going to come out sounding like a noun, except it's an action, it's a verb. So the who ones. Say again. The doing ones. The doing ones. Yeah, O. And a lot of times all you have to do is take that uh, knee off the end. And in this case, instead of uh, P-O, if you look at it and you go back to your vocabulary words, you'll remember, oh, wait a minute, there was one that just had an epsilon in front of it. And just as in English, over years, what happens is extra vowels like that are frequently dropped. So instead of P-L-O-N, it becomes P-O-N as the participle. But it's P-F-O, which means to do, or in present tense, to what? Say again loudly, because several of you whispered something, and one of you, I think, said it right. Go ahead and say it. You've got one out of three chance. Make is actually accurate, but it's not what I'm fishing for. Doing? Doing is accurate, also not what I'm fishing for. Practicing. That's the one. And it makes more sense here because we know doing something doesn't earn us salvation, but that's what it sounds like. But when we put practicing in, it backs us off a little bit of the theological problem, simply because of the way it comes out in American, and makes us realize that what's, what's being talked about isn't somebody who's doing this to earn salvation, but somebody who's doing this because they've been saved. Jesus is not saying to them, calling out, Lord, Lord will save you, but doing God's will will. Because none of us can do that. We wouldn't have Jesus if we could do God's will. Instead, it's calling out, Lord, Lord will save you, but the ones practicing the will of the Father will enter the, the kingdom. Why? Implied. It's not in the statement. So where do we get the, the answer to this theological question? How do we know this isn't saying, by doing the will of the Father, you will be allowed into heaven? Say it aloud. The rest of the Bible? <laughs> like maybe the passage that you had up last week. In Ephesians 2, 
that pretty clearly states, see, no question, it clearly states it's not what we do that earns salvation. It's a gift. So there's a basic hermeneutical practice that says you interpret the unclear by the clear. If I'm not sure what this means, but I'm positive what this means, then I can let that shine light on this. And this now has two ways it can go, but one of those doesn't jive with this, and one of them does. So guess which one we pick? The one that, that fits. Because otherwise, we have the Holy Spirit contradicting himself, and we don't believe he's going to do that. By the way, if this was written by a secular author, in most cases, you'd make the same assumption. Because most human beings don't contradict themselves in works of literature either. Because one assumes they probably actually reread it and proofed it and said, oh wait, I put a negative in it and it shouldn't be there, and they fixed it. Does that make sense? So these principles of hermeneutics are not magical principles for understanding the Bible. They're for understanding any literature. And context, context, context is the biggest of them. Okay, now we've got, but the ones who practice, totelima. What is totelima? Will. The will. When we practice a little later, you may want to look that word up because there's several different words that are translated will in the English New Testament. All of them accurately translated. Is this the will meaning he kind of wants it? Is this the will meaning he desires it? Is this the will meaning, this is God's plan, is blame well going to happen? You don't know. All of those have specific Greek words that mean that. And until you know the difference of those synonyms, you don't know what's being said here yet. You do, by the way, have hints from context. For example, is this... This is God's will, this is God's plan, and it's blame well going to happen. Yes, how many vote yes, that's what this will, thelema, means. How many say no, that's not what it means. How many are not willing to raise your hand? Not until we hear the other choices. <laughs> okay. No, I only gave you one. Is this one saying this is God's will, and it will happen no matter what? Ah, there's the potential for it not happening in the text itself. So apparently it's not that one, which by the way, that's misspelled. That's, that's an only one. I'm looking at it going, nope, that's not right. So what is wrong? Okay. Bulamai or Bulamai or Bulamai. Depending on um, how you, which which one of the pronunciation systems you use, uh, and I probably should start doing this. Those aren't all words, right? Um, that one is God's will, meaning His plan, and it can be translated plan, although it's usually translated will. And that's God's will that cannot and will not be thwarted. 
Can you think of an example of God's will that cannot and will not be thwarted? I, I actually just said, can you think of an example? Although the Bible's a really good place for examples. <laughs> what was the question? Can you think of an example of God's will that cannot or will not be thwarted? Okay, the sacrifice of Jesus. Look at all the things that, that could have headed that off from creation on. And yet, none of those happen. And in fact, if you look at God intervening in history throughout the Old Testament, it all had to do with the establishment of the Old Testament and bringing history to the point of producing the Messiah. The Old Testament itself all just leads up to that. So, yeah, that's going to happen. God is not going to not let that happen. Or he's not going to let one of us stop it. Now, Thelema, can you give an example of Thelema, God's will, that can be thwarted? Hint, it's God's will that, all, that all will come to know him. Okay, all of us coming to know him. Don't we get to decide that? So it is his will that everyone come to the knowledge of salvation and be saved. But he tells us it's actually going to be a minority of people who do. Why? Choice. Choice. Because we have choice. And where did this choice thing come from? God. <laughs> <laughs> We don't decide whether it's Vuname or Thelo. He does. He decides if we get a say or if we don't get a say. This is why I'm always a little bit amused when I work with, oh, premarital couples who are trying to figure out if this is the one whom God has set aside for them. Because if this is the one whom God has set aside for, for me, Guess what? I'm going to know. Or I'm going to marry her anyway. <laughs> because if he's done that, that's Vudaman. I'm not going to be able to afford it. I don't have to worry if that's God's will. Because he's going to make it happen. He does that. Now, if it's his will, meaning this is, it's frequently called, by the way, permissive will because he permits us to choose to do it or not, then, okay, how do I know that it's within his permissive will for me to marry Don? Can you give me an, uh, an example of when I should not? When it's not his will, clearly not his will. Not evenly yoked. What? Not evenly yoked. Unequally yoked, because it says so in the scripture. I know, I don't have to guess, God is an excellent communicator about his will. When we get all sorts of, you know, neurotic and concerned about, I, I just don't want to mess up God's will. Good night, who do we think we are? We're not going to do that. In fact, if we want to follow God's permissive will, we've got all the scripture and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So the odds of us not following his permissive are almost, well, 
if we're not following it, why are we not following it? Because we've chosen our own. Yeah, what do we call that? <laughs> Self-fit. Sin! <laughs> so if I don't follow thelo, or thelima, remember it's just the ending, the root is they, it's because I'm sinning. I suppose it could be, since we're talking practice, if I'm very immature, that I'm ignorant. When I first came to the Lord, we, when I first came to the Lord, the people who were coming to the Lord at the same time were like me, and we were a certain subcultural group. And one of the things that we did was uh, approved, apparently, for the future, uh, Tuesday night. Um, except we weren't of the age that that particular statute has in mind. Um, and so we, would, we got together and got stoned. So now we're Christian. What do you do when you're Christian? And you're used to getting together and get stoned. Get together and do something else. No, that assumes you have some maturity. <laughs> we were seriously immature and didn't know anything about the Bible. So getting together to get stoned is still on the table, of course. But what else did we do? Oh, well, we did that too. <laughs> There's a lot of bad doctrine comes from that. <laughs> but that's not what I'm after. <laughs> you get together and eat. What do you do? I hope. Oh, right. You thank God for the food, right? So we'd get together to thank God for the wheat. Because after all, we're Christian. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Were we sinning? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Because the scripture, while it does not refer to marijuana, absolutely forbids intoxic intoxication. And that was kind of the whole point of getting intoxicated by the weed instead of the alcohol. Okay? So of course we were sinning. But we were too stupid to know it until someone pointed out that the scriptures forbid that and showed us the scriptures. Now some of us continued to do it. And some of us said, oh, wow, that stinks. But we shouldn't do that anymore. So now some of us are practicing the will of God. And some of us are not. So it's not always intentional sin, sometimes it's just plain immaturity. How does somebody know not to sin if no one's ever taught them? Right? Guess who's going to teach them? Maybe someone who cares enough to find out what the Bible actually says? Like, I don't know, studies the language it's written in? Yeah, this is you guys. It's not just some person who's, you know, put up front or paid to do it. This is, uh, that's not who told me. In fact, I didn't trust those people for nothing. It was somebody who had been in the Word and pulled me aside and said, Randy, have you ever read this? Do you realize what that means? By the way, the answer to that question was, no. <laughs> so yeah, we had to kind of be led by the hand. Okay, if it means that with alcohol, do you think he's saying, but it's okay to get stoned? Well, that doesn't sound right. 
Yeah, maybe that's not right. That's how people learn. Okay. And then we've already talked about the will, the of the Father of me, the in the heaven will. You see how the, the of the just keeps getting strung together? It's almost kind of a Germanic, where in German they just keep adding uh, words to one word, and you've got like a quintuple compound word. And they'll just keep doing that to add concepts. In Greek, they just keep adding adjectives or nouns to a phrase. And you'll see, you know, here we have um, the one doing, the will, the father, of me, the in the heaven, all added in to describe one person, the one who's going to be entering into the kingdom. You see it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see, you are having a little fun. <laughs> okay, well, that's good, because that one says for fun. So, Matthew 7, 21 and 22. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only those who practice the will of my Father in heaven. I quoted that to somebody when I was foolish enough to respond to a political post about two weeks ago uh, on Facebook. And I was accused of works righteousness, teaching works righteousness. What happened to grace? I thought, it's, I thought it was about grace. Is this not about grace? Mm -hmm. It's gracious. not about grace? It is. Yes. Oh, it is about grace. You've got to clarify the ooh, ooh part. <laughs> How can this be about grace? Because it's God's decision who gets to come in and yeah. who doesn't. God says, this group of people, I'm going to save. Now, by the way, it makes sense to me. God's but that's not why it's okay. If God says, it's only those who learn how to stand on their left foot and at the same time touch their right toe with their fingers. Would that make sense to any of you? You're thinking. She's I don't know. But it didn't end up making sense, did it? Good, because I was trying to make no sense. But would that invalidate it if God said, those are the ones I'm saving? No. God is sovereign. Everyone deserves condemnation. So there's nothing in the world wrong with him saying that. But he doesn't. He's not arbitrary and he's not silly. All he's asking is that we understand our way doesn't work. So we accept him and his way. That's why faith, that's why repentance, that's why following the Lord. It's all the same. Nothing about it indicates anything but grace. Because he does not have to accept me, even though I commit my life to this. I don't deserve salvation, even though I commit my life to this. I still deserve condemnation. But grace says, no, you're not condemned you're going to be entering into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, 
Yeah, there's a few other things you could do with this, by the way, in terms of exploring the endings, parsing them out, and adding even a few more shades of meaning. But I have a sense we probably want this about as much as we should try to. <laughs> Next Monday when I leave the elders meeting and we're too loud, I will not feel bad. <laughs> All right, any questions at this point about what we've done tonight? or anything else. <clears throat> the thing on, yes. I stopped it in our little ecclesia thing and turned it on. What part of this is, is proving interesting and or helpful to you and what is not? Honesty, please. Just as we're going through these exercises here in class, I cannot, as hard as I'm trying to use my handouts, I cannot see where your direction is. What do you mean by direction? I'm, like when I'm pointing out... When you're identifying, you're identifying an ending and then I... I I don't know whether I'm looking on the wrong chart to see that ending or... Yeah. Well, and again, I gave you... Did I give you all the endings? Did I tell we've you got I verb endings, endings, we've got declensions, yeah. we've got... Excuse me. Did I tell you I gave you all the endings? Did I, in fact, tell you I did not give you all the endings? Right. So part of what you might be running into in some of this is... Not every ending is going to be on those charts. Now, I can give you a lot more endings if you want. But, but in the... <laughs> no. But I've got most of you wanting to lynch me if I do. So it, it's just a matter of trying to tie together what you're saying and what's written up there. It's practice. Yeah. 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 Because here's what's going to happen. One of two things. You're going to look at this with the, the ones that are most common which is what I did give you. Yes. And you're going to find it and go, aha. And then the next time you see it, you're going to remember it even more. You will, by the way, do that if you pay attention to this. You're going to, that's one of the endings you will find that I gave you. However, if it's not there, then the other thing you're going to do is you're going to say, aha. I just realized another exception or another one of those less common endings. And you're going to tuck it away up here. When I say to you that dative has one thing that tips you off in the ending, that it may well be, I'm sorry, locative. It's also dative, by the way. That it may well be locative. Does anybody remember what that one thing was? Iota. Iota. So a bunch of you remembered it already. Now, it's not uncommon for only half of you to remember it. And then the other half, the next time, you're going to say, oh, that's right, I remember Randy saying that. And for some of you, it's going to take three or four times. But you're going to end up remembering it the more you practice this. And then you're going to start saying, wait a minute, there's an iota here. And the context seems to point to a direction. I'll bet I've got a dative. What's the difference between a dative and a locative? I'm sorry, a locative. Okay. 
I keep saying data, but data and locative uh, typically have the same entities. That's what's throwing me. Lock, lock, date, or it's more, it's more time oriented. So when we say two or towards it, two or towards a time? It could be towards a time or it could be any time. Okay, lock an hour. to a thing or a person. Right. Or a place. Okay. That's why it's still two, but it's to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, everything I'm telling you. What is what do you know about everything I'm telling you? There's an exception to it. There's an exception. Just to make your life interesting. So should I see an Omicron new on one of these charts? Yes. <laughs> I put it on one. Where am I'll I have to go back it? and review to, sh to find exactly where it is to show you on what I gave you, which I would be happy to do. But not it's a participle. It's, it's a noun. No, there, yeah, you're no, right. It's not. It's, it's on. Where? No, I, I listed the participle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are you looking at, where are you looking Which is genitive ablative, doesn't even do with, where, with where, I guess where on first? Data interlocutive. I guess he, he was saying that data interlocutive, if you see oh, the EOTA. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to go in and try to look them up right now on the chart. I will do that for you. Well, I see it under plural genitive. Okay, she, she found it for you. Are you looking at this So afterwards, would you please show her where it is? Genitive ablative? Uh, no, no, it's because it's a verb functioning yeah. as a noun. So you have to look at your verb sheet. Verb ending, thank you. Went there too. Participles are verbs. Yeah. Went there too. And I don't see How many of you knew participles were verbs? Be honest. How many of you remembered participles were verbs? How many of you knew before we started this class what a participle was at all? Because when I started, I didn't see. Which is why they made me repeat English 101, only this time they actually taught grammar in it. Whereas before, when I took it clearly, they did not. Because I didn't know what that was. Okay, I'm going to move on, guys. But, yes, it's about the ending. Now, I'm also going to be looking... Can I have everyone, please? Yes, sir. Because if I have everyone, then I don't lose people and I don't... Go back and try to figure out where I lost it. Okay, there are charts. There is even a slide rule that has all of this on it. There is also a thing called the internet. So I haven't brought those in the way I probably would have. I know I absolutely did uh, when I taught this class 16 or 17 years ago. Uh, but I'm going to because I, I think just the concreteness of it would probably be more useful to you. So I'm going to bring you some examples of those. Not, I'm not probably going to get one for everybody. Although I will look at the cost. If it's not much, I will. Um, because it's a good thing for you to have. But if I get you the chart, understand, I'm talking a poster-sized chart in regular print. And my, I mean, by regular, I mean very small. So there's still a whole lot of pouring over that you're going to have to do. The slide rule I've seen it, but have you ever used You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> this was very popular when I was at school, but I never bought one because they were expensive. And it was literally a slide rule, except it was about Greek endings. One side was verbs, the other side was nouns. 
and you would slide it over. And you know, if you ever used, a, did you know what a slide rule is? Should I maybe back up to that? No. No. Okay. Before calculators, there were these things called slide rules, and they had all sorts of numerical notations on them. And by sliding the different pieces of them, and there were numerous pieces that moved in different ways, you could do computations that were quite advanced. And the old, the real nerd people, when I was in school, were the guys who had a slide rule. If you had a slide rule, you got beat up. That's just the way, it was the rule, if you will, that you got beat up. It was the price you paid. Okay? Um, by the way, you probably now employ hundreds and thousands of people who beat you up. But nevertheless, that's what happened. Today, of course, it's obsolete because most, not that, because I buy simple watches, but my phone has all of that function on it, way more than that, in fact. Just my phone. And I don't have a real fancy program. I've just got the typical calculator on my phone. So that's why a lot of people, like my kids, I guarantee you, not one of them knows what a slide is. But anyway, that's why it's got all these pieces and they slide and so forth, and you line them up with regard to the, the, the case or the gender, or you know, whatever you're looking for. Or you can work backwards and find the endings and then start playing with it and seeing what lines up to it and infer back what it actually is. Did I tell you I didn't ever use one of those? <laughs> okay. So the chart I used, and then, yeah, maybe a year. And then I said, yeah, I'm done with that. And then I started using what? What would have made what you guys just did amazingly more simple? Programming. What program? Com a computer. Oh. <laughs> like what I introduced you last week? That parses everything for you. Now here's the thing. On Wave, you have to actually know the passage. Oh, stink. Because if I didn't tell you the passage up front, then you're, you're stuck. Or if you forgot it. However, there's another tool that does not go by passage, simply by the word. What tool is that? The concordance. Well, Did you say something? I was going to say I lexicon, heard. but no. Well, you're almost there. It is a lexicon, but it's a specific type. Analytical. The analytical lexicon. And you could look up every one of those words simply by knowing the alphabet, and it would parse it totally for you. Of course, then what you'd have to do is figure out what the parsing meant. So when it mm -hmm. says participle, you've still got to know what participle means. When it says ablative, you've got to know what ablative means. How many of you know what ablative means? I'm not trying to shame you. I, <laughs> I know people who have been all the way through their college degrees and not one time. It means to carry something or be an agent of something. Okay. I'm reading Agency. it off the chart. <laughs> the point is... <laughs> You've, you've got to have that little sheet I gave you on cases and the use of the cases to also help you understand, now that I know what case it is, so what? It's locative. Okay, that's nice. What does that mean? See what I'm saying? Okay. All right, let's, is there, are there any other questions? It's a good question because what it illustrates the frustration and the reason most people stop right about this point. 
work through the frustration. Okay? You're not cheating by buying a tool like that, which will just like that take you through it. But work through it somehow. Yes, ma'am. I think you just answered the question. Oh, did I? What was the question I answered? Because I've been... I've been playing this week with the wave thing. Like yeah. when I'm doing my Bible study, which unfortunately I'm reading Romans, which is kind of complex, I found out in the Greek. Oh, you figured that one out? Yeah. You didn't. So yeah, there's a reason we stay with John for yeah, most of the time. So, but I've been trying to do it like next to it, like using the wave thing, mm -hmm. and it literally takes me like, I swear, like 15 minutes to go through, like to figure out if there's any, you know, what I can get out of the Greek, but, but you can parse it much quicker than yeah, that. Yeah, I was right? going to ask if I was cheating <laughs> by using the program, but you just said it, so never mind. If you're taking an exam, <laughs> if you're over at Biola, yeah, exactly. and you're expected to have it memorized, yeah. I wrote the charts on the back of my test. When I did it, I memorized it and then rewrote them all, and then when I had to translate, I put a page over and do that. But it's because I had to memorize the charts. Yeah. So you memorize yeah, it as a chart. As a chart. And how many There's years? This picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's you do that at the end of your first year. Okay. This that's is why so many people years. drop the that's class. The first, yeah, the first year. Oh what I experienced because of that very thing, what I experienced is so many people of my classmates dropped out of Greek one, and then the, there were different degrees you could get. So you did, not everybody had to take two years of Greek. So then they would uh, alter their degree. So they only had to take one. And then they would add a fifth year of school. And in the fifth year, they took Greek and nothing else. Because it took them so much time to memorize. Now, I did not need, well, I took it just as much time. What I didn't do that they were doing is sleep. Seriously, I averaged four hours of sleep throughout my entire college career. Um, I, I couldn't do that today if my life depended on it. But, I was younger and I could do it. So I was able to do it without adding that fifth year. But I actually tutored Greek. And a lot of my tutored, my, my tutoring students were doing that. They could not do what you just described and take the rest of their, their class load at the same time. It just was too much. We don't have to do it at all because we're not taking that class. We're not getting college credit for it. So who cares? Do you have a calculator? Yeah. Do you ever use the calculator? Is it cheating? Do you? Oh! <laughs> Are no, we taking the, classes? No, it just feels dirty. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, I never have any guilt whatsoever when I use mine. I have confusion sometimes because I haven't figured out how to use all of them. <laughs> no guilt, no. These are tools that God has given us. Why in the world would we not use them? Okay. Answer, we don't have them or we don't want to mess with them. I'm going to tell you right now, by the way, there's, I was hoping they would be here today. They'll probably be here tomorrow. I ordered more of all of these resources so that we could... Um, all, at least tables, could all be using them at the same time. So next week, when we do our practice, we're going to do some more tonight probably, but next week you'll have, every table will have each of these tools. I strongly urge you, though, if you buy only one tool, well, if you buy one tool, buy this one. Even though Wave's got it, I know, buy this one anyway. What is this? 
Is that the Greek New Testament? Just, just the Greek New Testament. Thank you, I added that because people are listening going, what? <laughs> you think we can see that? Okay, but this one is your second one. And most of the time that one won't help you without this one because you didn't memorize that whole thing or how much of that do you still have? I don't remember. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. I memorized the whole thing, too. Yeah. I was really, man, I was God. sharp on that for like a week. Yeah, it took me a long time to get that, but I don't even, then I can't even still recognize which exact, like, case. Sure, sure. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. Because, number one, you got the basic, you got the vocabulary, and then when it comes to actually translating it, you've either got this, or you're going to go with the wave, or you're going to go with... Um, something like PC Study Bible, and you don't have to have that. Just like I don't have to be able to do calculus in my head, or for that matter, simple algebraic computations, because I've got a calculator. Okay, so analytical Greek uh, uh, lexicon. Thank you. Um, these are still out there, by the way. I, I obviously just told you I bought some and uh, got them on Amazon. And you can get them new, which is cool because they smell new. Other than that, not much good out of the rest of the money you're spending for that. So personally, I'd go to the used ones. There are three less of those that you can buy because I bought them. However, there were hundreds of them when I looked at the first of the week. So if you're interested in it, my suspicion is that doesn't change. Somehow I don't think there's going to be this rush wipe out all of the used <laughs> unless you guys decide to corner the market I know I'm going to buy them all they'll have to come to me <laughs> alright it's 8 o'clock do we need to take a break stretch, go to the restroom, get a drink whatever it's okay to say yes to that but if you don't then I think no Right? Am I am I forging ahead? Last time we said great, I'll let you out early, and I didn't. I know. I think we should take the break. I gave you the opportunity. Okay. I've got one more of these for you, and now we're getting down there. These are 121 to 150. The frequency of occurrence in uh, the New Testament of these particular words. So, believe it or not. Showing up 150 times is not a lot. Some of those words on the first one I gave you that was 500 plus, you're going to find thousands of times. So, let's go over this. The first one, I rather suspect everyone's going to get. What is it? Agapao. Agapao. So, alpha. Omega is the noun ending there. And it's a-o because it ends with eta in the uh, noun form. And so it softens the eta into an alpha and adds the omega, which is the primary lexical ending, primary first person singular active. I love. What's the difference between that love and phileo. God. What? I say God. 
Uh, not always. This was not a religious word when Paul started using it. Okay, so I've defined it as doing what's best for the other person. If you look it up in all of those re resources that you know are hidden in that box, um, you will find several hundred pages on it. And you'll find it pretty much boils down to what I just said. But you're welcome to do that if you wish. So it's doing what is best for the other person. Now, what is phileo? Brotherly love. Brotherly love. Familiar. Well, it's, it's more of a feeling. Fam familiar love. It, love. Is, it is familiar. Why? Who's the object of phileo typically? Family. Family or best friend, close friend. Um, there's actually another one, Storky, that is more uh, familiar, but it's almost more of a, uh, I got to do that one. Yeah, I'm stuck with that one. Whereas this is a choice, but it's not a choice that's entirely will. If I say to you, um, I want you to come over here and be her best friend, how's that work? How many of you have ever had that said and it worked? <laughs> I've had it said. My parents used to do that to me. They said, but Dad, I beat him up yesterday. <laughs> Did you understand? Um, you, no, you, you cannot direct someone to have this kind of a affinity for one another. It's the kind of thing that you, um, the phrase that we used to use is we clicked. Meaning, you know, we fit. You ever, you ever put two things together that fit together and then click into place? We click, okay? And then have you ever, uh, you ever had a person, maybe years and years and years and years and years and years ago, went out on a date that um, didn't click? Have you ever experienced a date that didn't click? Anybody here willing to admit that you did? Uh, no hands, but lots of smiles. I wouldn't smile about mine. But I've been remembering some that didn't click and it was not smiling. You cannot command it. But you can command agape. Or akapao, the verb form. Which is why Jesus says, love your neighbors. Doesn't say, you know, I, I, I wish you and your neighbors would click. <laughs> love your brothers. I wish you and your brothers would click. Love the Romans who just crucified your brother. Because you are not going to claim. But you can love them. That's the word. It is one of the most important words in Christianity. Paul says it is the greatest of all. And by the way, exercise in hermeneutics, this is a test. Greatest of all what? See if anybody knows. Thank you. Most people will say, well, faith, hope, and love. Because you've heard the song, or you've heard, there's faith, hope, and love remain these three, but the greatest of all is. But, what's the context of those? Those are all listed as spiritual gifts in this passage. By the way, the term spiritual gift does not exist in the New Testament. It doesn't. I hope so. Not cat, but baby. 
because otherwise your cat's confused. I don't want to go back. Okay. And, oh, we had one similar to this. So this is age or era. Okay, it's not really age like, uh, what's his age? Well, he's 60 years old. That, that's not. But if you said, what age is he from? You might say, well, he's a child of the 60s. That would mean the eon, or the era he's from. You guys all get that? Now, it, it becomes very, very interesting when it, uh, you have the ending added, eos, eonios. And now you're talking about eternity. Because that's an age, an era. A really long one. Okay, alos. You remember it? Allah. Well, we didn't have that tonight. On another sheet. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, they're related. But we saw a, or Alpha Lambda Lambda. It could be this, or it could be the other in both contexts because the two words kind of converge, excuse me, converge together for meaning in that contraction in that context. Amin. This is a fun one. Amin. What does it mean? Truly. Truly. Or verily. How many of you said verily last week? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, but I was quoting something. Oh, okay. <laughs> quoting doesn't count. But I still said it. Quoting doesn't count. I usually say in your normal conversation. So I it just wasn't forgot. a normal conversation. What? It wasn't. No, I was quoting. You said that. It's, well, but I was, it wasn't like I was quoting teaching. I was in a normal conversation. So you, you said, verily, verily, I say unto you? Um, no, I said, that upsets me verily. Oh, that upsets me verily. Okay, well, now that's not quoting. That's, that's weird. <laughs> it's from Saved by the Bell, okay? I was quoting a Saved by the Bell episode. Actually, also amazingly similar to a phrase from... Uh, Big Bang Theory, but oh, really? who knows? The writers may have worked on Saved by the Bell. For a while. Okay, Amin. Go ahead. It is Amen. Amen is simply English letters for this word. What language is it? Yes, that's a trick question. It is not Greek. Aramaic. So here's the fun thing. You remember I saw this, right? Okay. So, it's the same word in the Old Testament. Amin comes from, uh, or, or comes down to Amen, but it comes from, and I can't give you the letters because they don't use the same letters, uh, the Aramaic Aman. Actually, it's, it's really more the M and N sound together because the Semitic languages emphasize the consonants and almost ignore the vowels, which is why Salem, Salom, Salem, and Shalom all basically mean the same thing. So there's, what you've got is Amin is transliterated from Aramaic. They're just, they're just giving you, when you find Amin in the New Testament, they're giving you an Aramaic word, they're just giving you it in Greek letters. We then took it, and rather than translate it, we just gave it English letters. 
Now, what does the average English-speaking person think amen means? The end. The end. <laughs> I'm done praying. It's time to eat. My son knew that at two years old. He did. We had a friend who was the associate. I was the associate minister. He was the youth minister in a church we were serving. And I invited him home for lunch from the office one day. And uh, he was rather long-winded in his prayer. So he's sitting on one end of the table, and Josh, the two, was sitting on the other in a booster chair. Donna's over there, and I'm over here. And JT's just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. <laughs> and I admit, I'm thinking, Lord, please keep my food hot. <laughs> Amen, but please keep my food hot. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I felt an earthquake. But I was in Omaha. We didn't get a whole lot of earthquakes in Omaha. And I looked up in my prayer, because it says, watch and pray. <laughs> and there's my son crawling across the table. And he gets into, and he, by the way, he did that without putting his hands or feet in food. He was really rather agile. I was impressed. And he gets right into JT's face and says, Amen! <laughs> <laughs> he got it. <laughs> what he didn't say is, Truly! <laughs> or, here's another translation. May it be so. Make it so. It's the same meaning, but it's, it's simply a little different application of it. Instead of saying truly, because I'm confirming something, now we're talking about something that we're looking for. It is future or subjunctive. It hasn't happened yet. So now when I say amin, I'm speaking of that which hasn't happened. So I'm not saying, yeah, true. Not true, it hadn't happened yet. I'm saying, I want that too. And so I say, make it so. By the way, what mood is that? If I say, make it so, do it. Imperative. Imperative. And we are taught in the Lord's Prayer, oddly enough, to pray in the imperative. Sounds wrong, but Jesus is the one who taught us, so I guess that's okay. Opostelo. Randy, can, I just wanted to ask a question about the Aramaic okay. language. Was that a, then at the same time as the Greek language? Were they yeah, Aramaic was the language. Aramaic is basically what we would think of as Hebrew. But it's, for example, the difference, I think it's a good analogy, is the difference between <laughs> classical Greek and Kine Greek. Hebrew would be like the classical Greek. Aramaic would be the Kine. It would have been the common uh, version of Hebrew. In Jesus' time in Palestine, nobody really spoke Hebrew per se. But it was so connected to Hebrew, because it's derived from Hebrew, that it was more of a very common version of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So Aramaic and Hebrew are, uh, sister's not even the right term, probably. Aramaic is derivative mm -hmm. from Hebrew. Okay. So it's more parent-child than sister languages. And that's why you're going to see the letters pretty much the same and so much of the vocabulary the same. Okay. And those who could speak Aramaic would not have to work too hard to learn to speak Hebrew. Just as those who can speak American do not have to learn too hard or work too hard to learn to speak English. And by that I mean more of a proper English. 
The Queen's English? Yeah. I've never heard the Queen's accent. Nope, can't tell you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Or apostello, depending on how you say it. It's, a, it's got that omega at the end. What does that usually tell you? I mean, you've got the translation, but I'm going back to the word. Yeah, omega is usually a verb. And it's usually first person singular active. I do something. In this case, I send. So what is, what do we call, look at the word, what do we call the one who was sent? The apostle. Apostle. <coughs> yes, apostle, but I'm saying it that way to relate it to this. So this is the verb form. Apostolos, in the Greek, is the noun form. It says, it means I send. Um, I send with a purpose. Or a commission. It's not. Uh, why don't you go fuck your mother? I send my send my kid away because uh, of the away part. No, it's, there's a reason. There's something they're supposed to do. Uh, today, probably the closest to that would be a church sending a missionary, and there's a reason. Commission, mission. They've got something they're supposed to do. That makes sense. Okay. Um, Oh, okay. I'm interested. How would you pronounce this one? Archireus. Archireus? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's close. Um, I would pronounce it Archireus. Okay? So there's going to be with the chi, or the he, and then reus. Actually, re, no, reis. Reis. It would have been a hard e sound. Um, once again, archi. Do you recognize that? The archbishop. What is it? Arch. Arch, which means? Over. Arch. Um, over, but not necessarily over. That's derivative. I mean, we get our word arch from that, but huh. etymologically, over in a different way. Higher? Higher. Yeah. An archbishop is higher and therefore over a bishop in that system. An archpriest, Uraeus' priest, is higher and therefore over the priests. Therefore, we would refer to him as the either archpriest, but we wouldn't say that because we don't use that word for that. We call them the chief priest or the high priest. And that's the word that would have been translated high priest throughout the New Testament when you find that phrase. By the way, there is a point where it was actually high priests, which biblically should never have happened. But the problem is that the Romans had swords, and they weren't really concerned about the Levitical law. So if they wanted there to be more than one for a moment, they got their way. OK. Afi'imi, or afi'imi? Yeah. Afi'imi, OK. So I let go, I permit, or I forgive. Now, if I have a debt and I let it go, what does that mean? Debt's no more. Yeah. I cancel it. 
debt pain. But it's not pain. A market pain. It's as if it were. Right. It's to be treated as pain, but it's not pain. A few years ago, Bank of America was directed by the Department of Justice because of all sorts of machinations they got involved with to forgive several billion dollars worth of mortgages. So some very fortunate people received a notice in the mail that was the paid-in-full notice on their mortgage. By the way, mostly higher mortgages that probably weren't going to get paid for anyway. They weren't stupid. I actually got one for my second. Um, just happened to be the time we were renegotiating with them on my second when I had a pay cut. I couldn't pay for the second. So they, they looked at me and said, well, probably aren't going to make any money off of him anyway. So they added that to the total, and that came off the amount that the DOJ required them to pay. This is how, how Bank of America paid that off without going bankrupt. And they gave me a sheet of paper that said it was paid in full, but it wasn't. So this is the word that would use, be used to describe that. However, what do we usually translate that word? Yes, it's there. Take a look at it. Forgive. Forgive. Forgiveness, noun and verb, there's several different words translated, both in Hebrew and in Greek. But the primary one is an accounting term. When God forgives us, he marks it in paid in full, even though we did not pay it. Now, if I owe you $30,000, I owe it to you, okay? And you mark it paid. Is it paid? It is to her. If I owe it to her, she marks it paid, is it paid? It's as good as paid. No, is it paid? No. Have you paid it? You're nodding. <laughs> if I said it's paid. Yeah, who gets to say yes, that? Yeah. She gets to say that. Who paid her? She did. She did. When God marks us as paid, is it paid? Is it paid? When he yes. marks it, yes. yes. Yeah. Who owes, who's the debt owed to? Him. Him. So he gets to say that. Who paid the debt? He did. He did. He did. Because it doesn't go away. No. Well, the, the $30,000 hole doesn't either. Right. She pays she it by it. not having that 30000 in she her bank account. Yeah, she actually takes a loss. And honestly, probably is going to write that off on her taxes. <laughs> understand such things. So that's a smart thing to do. But we need to understand that when we are looking at this word, it's important to understand. It's not accidental. It's not hypothetical. He paid it. It's actually paid. Okay. Um, Valo. Boy, should you already have this. What is it? Throw. Okay. What do you see? Throw a ball. What? Bail? Ball. ball. Throw oh, a ball. See, I was thinking cast up bailing water. Do you or do you not go nuts for baseball? I do. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Balo. Balo. By the way, I suspect that might be where bail comes from, but I'm not sure. 
to find out how neurotic I am. Go look up the etymology there, Randy. Okay. You've got the tools. Vlepo, I see. Now, we already ran into another I see, didn't we? Do you remember? Idu? Idu or Idu or Idau? Idau? Idu. Idu? Okay. So I would, I would just pronounce the delta with a V. Idu. Um, how many of you know what an eidetic memory is? What is it? What would we normally call it? Photographic. Yeah. Because it's the, the person can remember it as though they're seeing it, looking at a picture. Okay. So that's one word, but blepon is another word. And usually when you see in the New Testament, behold, this is the word. Usually because translators can choose which one they want to translate the Greek word. Um, okay, why do, those, why do those ones have capital B's? Uh, because they were taken from the beginning of a sentence probably. Okay. I took the list from, from another uh, book, and this list, so okay. I'm assuming that. Yeah, don't read anything in, because remember in the New Testament they were all caps. All right, dulos. Slave. You said servant, you said slave. Both correct. Um, if, you're, if, if the Greeks are describing a Jewish slave, they would say dulos. If they're describing a Roman slave, they would say dulos. What's the difference? Other than the Greek and Roman. No, I'm saying other than Jewish and Roman. What is the other translation? Not just servant, but bond servant. Bond servant. What's the difference between a servant and a bond servant? Bond servant can pay it off. Has to pay off, in fact. A servant could be an employee, but an employee can walk away. A bond servant cannot because they owe a debt and they're paying it off with their servants. The debt may be because they were purchased, or the debt may be because they borrowed it and used it for something, say, transportation from England to the United States, which was extremely common in the way a lot of people came over and uh, emigrated into the United States. But they could not just then get off the boat and walk away. They had to, to usually uh, seven years of service. Where does seven years come from? British law usually mandated seven years, or British custom, I'm not sure it was law. Yeah, it comes directly from the Old Testament, because Jewish slaves were all freed in the year of Jubilee. So every seven years, and by the way, the year of Jubilee was fixed, so if you hired on the year before, Guess what your year, year of service was? Say a year of service, not seven. So you're, if you were being paid to be a bond servant, and it's the year before the year of Jubilee, you ain't worth as much. So you're not going to get as much as the person who hired on the year after. 
the year of Jubilee. Because they got six more years to go. Does that make sense? Now, if you're a Roman slave, when do you get uh, free? Usually when? right after you die. Because Roman slaves practiced absolute slavery just as American slaves were held in the uh, earlier years of the United States. They were considered property. So the difference between Roman duros and, uh, and the, the use of duros referring to Hebrews or the Jews was there was not that denotation of property. There was only a indebtedness to be worked off. Now, if someone was a doulos, worked off their indebtedness, but for some reason wanted to stay in service to the employer, the employer would be called usually a what? Another word that we've talked about earlier today. Master. A master. Or in the Greek, kyrios. That's the singular. A lord. So I like this one. It's working well. Or um, three years ago, in my six-year service or seven-year service, I married this woman who is still indebted. Or my children who are part of this person's household because they were born into his household. Because I was in servitude at the time. And I want to stay with them. I can then choose by Old Testament law to declare my intention to serve. I, I'm trying to remember the law. I don't remember that the master gets to say no. Um, I walk over to a post and the master pierces my ear. Okay, I'm going to say it that way because it sounds a lot better than drives an awl through my earlobe. But that's what you do when you pierce your ear. What is wrong with you? It's not wrong with me. So, yeah. <laughs> you're going to do that, and then they're going to put an ornament in the ear, which now says, I am a permanent dulos of this man. But how did I get to be a permanent dulos? Your choice. I chose to be. Now, take that imagery when Paul, who has served the Lord for decades describes himself at the beginning of the letter as the servant of Christ. Everybody got it. They understood. Okay? Alright, duo. What does duo mean? Two, or a duo. Gee, I wonder where they got that. A hero, or a gero? A gero, yeah. Okay. So modern would, would have a Y instead of a gamma, or G sound for the gamma, um, and a hard E for the diphthong. What does it mean? To rise. It is first person, singular, active. Remember the omega. So this is I rise. Now what if it was passive? <coughs> instead of I rise, what would passive be? Active is I do it, passive is what? Someone does it to me. Rise is what I do. Raise me. What's that sound like? 
I'm going to die. Resurrection. But God has said he will raise me. I can't raise myself. I'm going to be dead. But he will raise me. And we refer to it as the resurrection. That's the noun description of the action or the verb that takes place. So this is the verb. It doesn't mean resurrection. It means resurrect. But resurrect is an ancient English word, so we say raise up. And oddly enough, frequently we'll miss the word. Eos, or heos, because it's a hard breathing mark, with a genitive as far as or until. So I'm going to continue doing this until this. Or I'm going to go as far as. Eos. Zao. Zo'o is life. Za'o is a verb. Remember the a-o, like agapao. So it's first person, singular, active, indicative. So instead of life, it's I live. This, by the way, is not a state of being. There's something really fascinating about can you get the difference between living and being alive? In English, hmm? In English they're different. Yes. And I'm saying that difference comes from the, even from here, in terms of the, the activity of it. It's not a state of, ver of being. It is an action verb. So yes, it does refer to a person who is not dead, but it infers more than not being dead. We can be alive and not living. The, the simplest explanation of that is biological. I've seen people, I've prayed with people who were in comas, who were even considered brain dead. The only reason they're alive is the body just hadn't caught up to the fact that they shouldn't be yet. <coughs> usually left alone. Well, not usually. Always left alone, they're going to die. Now that changes because we don't leave them alone. We hydrate them and we feed them. Even if we don't breathe for them or beat their heart for them. And uh, so they live. 300 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, that wasn't done. We didn't know how to do that. They starved to death. They didn't know they were starving to death. They're in a coma. But that's what happened. And they died. But there is, I would posit to you, a spiritual, emotional, existential reality to this as well. There is a difference between living and being alive. <coughs> Believe me, there's a difference. So, we've been given a gift of life. We choose. Do we live it? Or do we simply exist and be alive? It's up to us. <laughs> well, that's a boring timing. Timing. You take over Living. All right. Uh, next one. I think we've done this one before, right? Leo. Leo. Oh, oh, so, okay. 
Yeah, Claire, we just saw that one, right? I call. Um, what's the next one? Uh-huh. Oh, Laos. 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 Yeah, we say Laos because it means Laos. Laos. Or Laos. <laughs> Laos. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, okay, the next one. Noon. Noon. Yeah. Noon. Noon. Which is? Noon. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, yeah. Noon. Noon. Okay. Uh, next one. Photon. Photon. Yeah. Photon. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hard, it's the, yeah, the hard mark, so there's the, kind of the H, though. Photon. Photon. Yeah. Noon. Photon. It's kind of hard to say that with a attitude. Oh, hey, you guys just heard my discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They just heard me find out my son's fine, but he's driving from San Antonio to Fort Worth and he's bored. <laughs> That's how we get to talk. And one of us is born driving or walking. Uh, forgive me, but I answer such things because I knew who it was and I thought as late as it was and as early as he goes to bed. Something might be wrong with one of the candidates. So. I'll call him back later, but I'm, I'm relieved a little bit. So, okay, where, what did you do? Where are you? Hotan. Okay, so we only did one more. Right? No. No, we did like four. Kaleo, which is life, and Kaleo, which is call, which we talked about earlier, Laos, people, Nin, now, and Hotan. Which is whatever. Whatever. You can't. Do, you can put that attitude, attitude on the Greek word. <laughs> on the Greek word. Oh, Tom. <laughs> there is a whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, probably not with the attitude. <laughs> so, forgive me for reviewing real quick, but you know, people that were hearing about myself. Yes, I called him Boog, by the way. It's short for Booger Butt. But he's 37, so he really gets ticked when I call him that. <laughs> talking to people on this, because they heard me say that. I told his teenage son about that when he turned teenage. He thought that would be a good present to give my son. No, telling his son where it came from. How old was he when he started calling? Oh, goodness. Probably a, a year. Are you telling me my son won't appreciate being called Mr. Snuggles when he's 37? I think booger butt might be a little different. But you'll have to ask your son. There is some subjectivity involved. Uday. Uday. Excuse me. I got that breathing mark instead of the accent. Uday. What is this? Do you see what it is, by the way? It's a compound word. even. Catch it. What are the two compound words? Are the two words? Not. Not and what? De. De. What is that? And. Sort of. It's more. There's this and this, or there's this and this. So it's like uh, apostrophe in apostrophe. It's called a particle. There's another one, by the way, that's even less forceful. We, we, I believe that was on our last list. 
But that's these two come together, then bring those together, and you've got good day. Or good day. Okay? Alright. Pali. This is one of the dwarves. Okay, you guys are really disappointing me now. <laughs> you got it, right? I see the smile. Thank you very much. Pauline. I'm still not there. <laughs> That's because apparently it's a stretch. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you this. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> what? I thought it was pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> my Have fun. <laughs> All right. It means again. All right. Don't Here's tell, what don't is really tell it again. What? Don't say it again. <laughs> but there you go. Pronounce this one for me, please. It is a compound word that always helps. Say that louder and um, ask. Is this how you would say it? Okay. And I would I would pronounce very similar paradidomi. The th in there. Okay, so it's it's going to come across very similar. So para and didomi. Didomi is related to titimi, to, to place, to hand. Uh, para uh, side, or with some cases over. So I hand over. Um, Jesus was handed over to Pilate. That word. Betrayal. Judas betrayed him. That word. Interesting, by the way, that then the description of what Jesus or Judas did and what the chief priests did is the same word. The same concept. You can read into that what you want. I do believe it means that they are equally guilty. Um, Judas' betrayal was more personal, but the high priests betrayal was, I believe, far more profound because as the leaders of the people, they had a God-given responsibility, what we might call a fiduciary responsibility, and they were blatantly not only ignoring it, but doing the opposite. Okay. Prophetis. Or prophetis. Prophetes? Prophetes? Prophetes, yeah. Prophetes? Okay. Prophetes. Or prophetes, yeah. just hard vowels. And it sounds like what prophet. It is. Prophet. Uh, now, again, compound word. I'm going to ask you a simple question. Define prophet. And there's a very explicit and technical answer that is correct. And the fourth teller? Oh, to tell or speak forth. Okay? It does not mean tell the future, which is what many people think today and why there's a lot of misinterpretation when it comes to prophecy. Prophecy. A prophecy is what a prophet gives. Okay? It is not necessarily about the future. 
So when John the Baptist comes and says to the uh, tax collectors, you're a bunch of extortionists, you need to repent. He is acting as a prophet of God. He is speaking forth God's judgment on them. But nothing to do with the future other than if you don't repent, something bad is going to happen. But that wasn't a big prediction, I don't think. You get it? Now, from the word, then, what does that tell you that pro means what? Forward or forth and fetes. What? Okay, it's related to to speak. So to speak forth is, is very much a literal translation. Um, are there prophets today? Really? Speak forth. Okay, what do they speak forth? First of all, but uh, the word prophet. What does the prophet speak forth? Someone else's. Any, any word prophet. What? Someone else's words. Someone else's words. They're, they're speaking forth words from someone. Okay. Or a message from someone. Yeah. It's not quite the same as Angelos, but similar. Okay. Now, if it's a prophet of God, whose words are they speaking forth? God's. God's. They're speaking forth God's word. Okay. Are there prophets today? Oh, my hopes. Ah. Why? Who? Okay, yeah, you're a prophet. Oh, <laughs> could, be, could be you. Do you get it? Because there's nothing here about direct revelation. How we got God's word is not part of this word. So, yes, it includes the ones like Hosea, whom God is giving direct revelation. And it better be direct because it's weird. Do this and tell them this. Okay, so he goes and does that because God literally spoke to him and told him. God speaks to us through Scripture. Scripture and through, according to Hebrews 1, Now remember Hebrews 1. Then Arthur's. Then. Through son. Or sonness. Okay? Used to be the prophets, now it's through son or sonness. So we take that and we can then speak for it. And if we do that, we are acting as prophets. If, by the way, we do that and we add our stuff and say, so God said and we add our stuff to it, what does that make us? A false prophet. A false prophet. And if we're that, it's a good thing we're living today instead of in the Old Testament or even the New Testament era because they would kill you for that. Whereas today, instead they get sucked in and think you're wonderful. Okay? It's a big difference between God said and I think. Big, big, big difference. Okay for me to tell you God said and I think as long as I label them such. Because God said is, is way, way, way beyond, I think. So you listen to God said. You obey God said. 
If you're smart, you'll agree, I think. But you get to say, no. And throw it away. If, of course, you want to be wrong. Okay. <laughs> Sarks. Say it. It's a fun word. Sarks. It's kind of like biting a sock. Sarks. <laughs> Just came into my head. Sorry. Sarks. It's an image. Shark socks. I don't know. Something like that. Kind of wash your socks. Sarcos. Okay. Um, is another ending of that. And it means flesh. Can anybody think of a word that comes from that? Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Also, actually, a Greek word. It's just English letters. So it's translated, transliterated. And it is a compound noun. What is it? Sarcos and phagos. Compound word, not just a noun. Phagos. Esophagos. 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 Esophagus. Yeah. Phagos means to eat. When you eat, it goes through the esophagus. So, to eat the flesh is a picture of what happens when you put the flesh into a big um, box and the box surrounds it and figuratively eats it. So a sar sarcophagus <laughs> comes from the term to eat the flesh. Not literally, it was metaphoric always, but a coffin. Fun, isn't it? Yeah, we're having it's fun. more fun to just say, bite a sock. <laughs> See, I love it. You guys are actually getting into this just a little bit. You're just so tired. You don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because tomorrow's a holiday. For some, maybe. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. For teachers. <laughs> How many of you get the day off tomorrow? Excuse me. How many of you who would not have the day off otherwise get the day off tomorrow? Okay. A little bit different. It's my day off, but it's be my day off anyway. Oh, if it was actually a day off for us, then I would have gotten another day off this week. But yeah. Scene. What is scene? With. With or together. Okay, it's yes. with in which case? Dative. With the dative, it's with. But together at other times. And even with, I mean, with is kind of together, right? If I'm with someone, I'm together with that person. Okay, soma. Sounds like sleep. Sounds like what? Sounds like sleep. I'm trying to remember if soma and somnia, I think they're different roots. So in uh, somnambulist or somnia or insomnia, that's all sleep. But it's somna. Yeah. This is soma. Yeah. And we have words for like that too. Have you ever heard of psychosomatic? Psychosomatic. So the soma part is the body. It is similar to flesh, but flesh, sarks, 
can mean body like this, or it can mean flesh, meaning the human condition. Okay? The word became flesh. Sarks. That can be taken to an extreme with a theological bent that I believe is at best inaccurate, if not dishonest. So when you read in the New International Version, particularly, I'm trying to remember if the NASB ever does it. can't remember, but I know the NIV does it in numerous places, particularly in Romans, where you read of the sinful nature. You're reading the word sarks. You would never read the word soma and say sinful nature, because it's simply talking about body, whereas the other is talking about the human condition. The sinful nature part of it is a Calvinist eisegesis, eisegesis to lead back into. So taking the Calvinist belief of, of um, original sin and reading it back into the text, it doesn't mean that. If it meant that, then we would have to translate, in the beginning was the word, and the word was sinful nature. How many of you are good with that? I don't think so. So apparently that's not what it means. Got to be careful with that. But soma is is more bodily, physical. Okay. Um, somatic, therefore, is physical. Psychosomatic is when there are psychological things bearing on the physical. And psycho comes from what? I believe it was in your one of your first two sheets. Psyche. What? Psyche. Psyche or sihi. So sihi soma. Okay. Uh, the sihi is what? What's the word that's most often translated? No, not mine. Nous. It's most often translated soul. But we talked about the fact that that's really a bit problematic because the concept of soul that we have isn't really what they were talking about. Okay? But it's the non-physical part of your body. So how many of you have ever experienced stress? Okay? Somebody walks up to you and says, you're fired. You experience stress? Okay. Now, that did not touch you. Okay? You could even not even heard it. You might have just read it in one of those pink slips. And what does your body do? Kind of tenses up. Tenses up. <laughs> Usually the reason it tenses up is it, it puts out a hormone called adrenaline. And adrenaline does all sorts of interesting things to your body, all of which prepare you for something, but also wear you down a bit and can be damaging. Now, if you are already somewhat damaged, that can kill you. If you're not damaged, you simply feel a psychosomatic effect. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up, or I'm just nervous, I'm, I'm anxious, whatever. But if you're already damaged, your heart can stop. Your blood pressure can go so high that it broke out. Psychosomatic does not mean it's in your head. It means it starts non-physical and then ends physical. And it can literally end physical as it can kill you. 
So when somebody starts talking about something psychosomatic, be careful. It doesn't mean you can ignore it. it it's a very serious thing. Soul, the body. Okay. Um, oh, the last one, phoné. It's better to say phoné, which is what you would say, than phoné, which is what I would say, because phoné sounds like another word. Right? And it's not that word. So a telephone, phonic, it all has to do with sound or voice. So that's what it means. Okay? So memorize those by next week, and then we'll look at some more. You all good with that? Okay, we have just a little bit more time. Um, last week's short exercise took us well over an hour. So I'm not going to do that. Instead, what I would like to do tonight is ask you to go back to the sheet you've got. If you've got your old sheets, hopefully you do, type and use of case. It's gotten a second or third. Is it the second or third that we did that? There it is. It's in the third. If nope. anybody does not have it, I just happen to, so I'd be happy to give you one to follow along. Anybody need one? Anybody need one? You guys are great. You've all got notebooks and punch things in them and everything. All right. Let's review. I was planning on doing this anyway, but what we ran into earlier several times reminded me of how important this is. Nominative case means what? Okay, it means noun. Um, what it's it's what was the other word that I think I heard somebody say? Subject. Okay, so we would typically, if we're if we're diagramming a sentence, we would call it subject. But it can be the direct subject, or it can be a subject in predicate. Can somebody give me an example of the subject in predicate? Go ahead. Mary and Martha were children. Okay. Mary and Martha were, so we've got a verb. It's part of the predicate. But Mary and Martha are still the subject. Mary and Martha were children. Okay? All right. Accusative is about what? In simplistic terms, what would we normally refer to it as? An object. The object. Subject and object. Everybody knows the difference about those two, right? Okay, now we've got direct object. What's a, somebody give me a direct object. Peter walked on water. So what's, which one's accusative? Water. Okay. Because Peter is a subject. That would be nominative. Water, also a noun, would be accusative. But it can also be a double direct object. Does anybody remember that? Right. I teach you, so you're, you are the object. Then there's Greek. Greek is the object. Um, you can, by the way, you can carry that out. I was always taught, um, my master's is from uh, in a, in adult religious education, and it was all built around this phrase, 
we teach Johnny the Bible. So we teach Johnny the Bible. Okay? Johnny the Bible. It could be we teach Johnny the New Testament of the Bible. See? It's all part of that. If you want to learn how to teach Johnny the Bible, you need to know how to teach. You need to know about Johnny, and you need to know the Bible. There's the outline of my master's degree right there. Okay? All right. Then there's the extent of time. Accusative, or, yeah, accusative which is about time, or extent of time. How long are you going to be doing this? How long am I going to keep you here? All night. All night. There you go. That would be accusative. Or of general reference. The simplest way to, to take this would be to take it as an indirect quote. If I quote someone, it would be, Mark said, quote, and I give you exactly what Mark said, right? But if I have an indirect quote, I say, Mark said that, and then I give you what I think he said. It might be the, the exact words, or it might be a paraphrase of it. And it can still be accurate. Mark said that. And then what follows that would be the general reference, accusative. Okay? Now, obviously, the first of those is going to be the majority of the use. But the others you will find occasionally. And the only reason I'm giving them to you is if you see it, and someone in a in textual commentary says, uh, it's the general reference accusative. Because if you see it just in a parsing, it's just going to say accusative. But then if you're looking at a commentary or someone's teaching, and they say it's a general reference accusative. Oh, I remember. You go back to this little sheet, and it kind of nails it down for you. Genitive. Genitive has to do with possession, uh, with measure, or with origin. Okay, so the absolute genitive. Anybody got a, an, an example of that? Say again. I have the one I wrote down last time. Which is? Uh, because they were heard, the Lord gave. Okay. And, and what would be the genitive? Uh, I underlined the they were. Because they were. Because they were. Actually, it would be they. Because okay. were heard would be the verb. Yeah. I have that one. Okay. And then you've got your basic objective genitive. No, I'm sorry. That's, uh, let's go back to that first one again. Yeah. Because they were heard. The Lord gave. The Lord gave. Okay. Gave what? I don't know. You must not have to The Lord gave a judge. This, this comes from a reference to the people calling out in the Old Testament. Because they were heard, the Lord gave a judge. Okay. So what is the... A judge. The oh, absolute oh, is... They? No. Oh. Oh, well. I apologize for that one. It is a judge. It's a rare form, so I was frankly not remembering it clearly, obviously. So, objective, I have need of water. I have need, but there's an object of what I have need of. 
water. Okay. So if it's I need a sip of water, it's still just water. No, of water would still be objective uh, genitive. Is possessive what, what you would see the most for this? Like, is that possessive is frequent. Origin is also frequent. Okay. Direct object, I remember Peter. Now, why would that not be accusative? Answer, because it's genitive. <laughs> Okay. Um, genitive of material or content, this is also very um, common. So it is a pillar. What's the pillar made of? It is a pillar fire. of fire, salt, water, jello, chocolate chip cookies. Oh, stop. I haven't had dinner. <laughs> All of which would be genitive. Um, almost all the time. Notice how I slipped in that there are always exceptions. Almost all the time. Of means genitive. So the only question you're going to end up with is which of these specific genitives? And frankly, unless you're doing a, uh, some sort of uh, exam or trying to understand what somebody wrote about it, you're probably not going to need to know all of that. Of possession. Whose house is it? It's the house of God. So you all, again, of, genitive, but this time it's of God means it's God's. Okay? Of time, the pillar appeared at night. So at, which is a preposition, becomes part of genitive, at night. And then an adjective, whose lamb is it? You see what I just did? It's back to possession, except it's rephrased. It's not the Lamb of Mary. It's Mary's Lamb. By the way, in the Greek, pretty much always would be the Lamb of Mary. Or actually, the Lamb, the one of Mary. Does that make sense? Edio. Hmm? Edio Lamb. Her own lamb. Okay. Ablative, um, from the Latin to carry. So ablative of agent, it's the work of Paul. Now that would make you tend to think it's genitive, but it would be referred to as ablative because it is the result of what Paul did. Um, ablative of separation of source. I came, where'd you come from? I came from home. So home would be ablative, but it would be the separation of sorts. And then with comparison, obviously ketchup is better than salsa. See? You got a problem with that? All right. Dative, direct object or indirect object. It's pertaining to um, giving or who receives. Um, I said earlier at a time, and that's actually not entirely accurate, uh, because locative 
Again, has the same endings as dative, which is why I said that, because I was remembering that. But locative is a place or locative of time. So dative of indirect object, Lazarus is a slave to Philip. The dative has absolute nothing to do with date. Um, it can. <laughs> um, no, not, we don't go absolutes. That's right. Um, indirect objects, Lazarus says to Philip. Okay, so the two, it sounds like an infinitive, but it's not. Then you got the locative of place in the garden, or locative of time, in a little while, in a day. Okay, um, instrumental means the means. So uh, associative with her own brothers. How did she do it? She did it with her own brothers. So own brothers would be uh, not necessarily two words. In fact, it would not be two words unless she added idios, which would mean her very own brothers. Um, so association. For example, um, I think it would be true that a wife is to submit to her own husband. But I'd have to go look that up because it's not exactly the same wording. But that, that is associated anyway, whether it's instrumental. Um, of manner, Lazarus can, can speak with boldness. Paul frequently refers to um, being able to proclaim the gospel with boldness. And that format is going to be the instrumental. And then the vocative or direct address is quite simple. It's direct address, talking to that person. Okay. The reason this is important is, again, what we were doing earlier, where you figure out either by your chart or by one of the tools that it is such and such a case. Okay, so it's such and such a case. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, now that you've got that, you, you keep practicing that, and the, the ones that are majority will make a lot of sense to you. The more obscure ones, let's get real. We don't talk that way. So you're going to get it, and then it's not going to make much sense to you about five minutes later. So if that happens, don't worry about it, because we, we simply don't use them that way most of the time. In our, not just in our language, because our language actually does use them that way, but in the way we speak. OK, questions? Comments, thoughts, angry diatribes? Okay, there's a B here if anybody wants to take it home, start your own hive. Uh oh, this turned off on you. You're all here, that's a good thing. If you want to review, feel free. Don't know how much of that should So we're done. Did license handouts go out electronically? I don't um, remember. I don't, I think I did not because there was basically just